afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. Homeschooling has become America's fastest growing form of education, according to a recent Washington Post poll. And it continues to explode in popularity long after a pandemic era remote learning has ended. Hmm, I wonder why that is. I wonder why, because everybody said, you know, once it's, you know, once one. Once this pandemic just kind of dies down, all these people that that homeschooled, you know, they're going to come back. It, they'll come back to public schools. Mm. No, it doesn't look like it. All right, we'll talk about it next on the Dean's List. You're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. So yesterday we started this conversation by discussing this Harvard Symposium, Woke Harvard. I know. I know, I don't get it. Woke Harvard had this symposium wherein they invited speakers and panelists to uh, come in and and talk about uh, what they referred to as innovative means of education. Innovative. Why homeschooling is innovative, according to our friends at Woke Harvard. Classical education is innovative. Micro schools are innovative. They're just Ultimately, they're probably trying to get a grasp on how they are losing their their base, you know, because the objective, the Marxists have this objective, and we know, I think it was number 15 or 17, and there are 45 points on how to take over America. 15 or 17 was to get complete control of the education system, get control of the teachers, get control of the teacher unions get control of the textbook publishers, make sure there's propaganda in the textbooks and propaganda in the classrooms. Because then you can take over an entire generation in one fell swoop. And then something happened they did not intend. A result of of COVID-19, which was, you know, the objective was let's just, you know, let's not have school. And that's what the teachers' unions wanted. They didn't want to go back to school. They want to get paid for doing nothing. I mean, they're not educating kids anyway. So they fought hard to not come back to school that fall of 2020. And parents were like, yeah, okay. I mean, just stay home. Over the summer, I read this report out of New York City that that, that fall of 2020, and through that school year of 2020 uh, to the end of 21, and then the following year of 21 and the end of 22, I think New York City had close to 9% of their students that did not return, that just did not come back to public school. Now, I, I had also noticed in that report that there was an uptick in charter schools close to about 8%. So, you know, while while the kids did not go back to public, they they kind of just filtered out into into charter schools, which really which really is another form of a public school. Uh in a lot of cases it is. And I said unless you're in a Hillsdale classical charter school, you're, you're if you go to a charter school, you're really probably just in another public school. But there was about 1%, roughly, of those students that weren't in a charter or, you know, not in public. So where did they go? Well, you know, private schools or homeschooling. Uh, 
and and they haven't returned. They they have not come back. So one of the one of the benefits, one of the unforeseen benefits of COVID nineteen, is is that the public schools in a lot of cases are losing their grip. They have lost their grip and they're not getting it back because a lot of these kids are not returning. And so Harvard is having this symposium. You know, what's what's going on out there? Why, why all these innovative ways of educating? And on uh, and they're having this symposium really on the heels of this Washington Post poll that was conducted in August. And uh, the Post is just uh, releasing it. And we went through some of the numbers yesterday. We didn't get through all of them, though. There are there are more numbers to go through. And it, 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 in my own analysis yesterday, I said this doesn't bode well for the Democrats. It cannot bode well for the Democrat Party or for the liberal left. Because the one thing that COVID did for parents was open their eyes. And they were able to see one of two things, either one, what my child is, you know, supposedly learning at their school is garbage. I'm going to keep them home. I can do it better. Or number two, you know, a lot of parents just had a really good experience at home. And they were like, oh, this is working. Let's just keep doing it. You know, so we had these these two scenarios unfold, which becomes the blessing of COVID. The blessing of COVID-19 is that parents begin to open their eyes. Uh, this this post, Washington Post school poll uh, discovered a blend of motivations uh, for parents to, to keep kids at home. Specifically, the survey found that families who began homeschooling after the onset of the pandemic uh, were more racially diverse. There was a, a healthy mixture of white, black, brown. Uh, they were more ideologically diverse. Uh, that we found this healthy mixture between Republican and Democrat. And uh, and then the third rationale was they were open to public schooling. Like eventually they would go back. You know they thought, eh, we might go back eventually. But my my gut instinct is that that is going to happen less and less and less. Once parents discover the benefit of homeschooling, once they discover really the joy of it, that they have this, this opportunity, and I say a God-given opportunity, to raise their kids in a way that they see fit, I don't see them relinquishing that opportunity. Unless you know circumstances arise where they're they're forced to in one way or the other, you know, a job situation or something. More racially diverse. So the 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 post, the Washington Post spent some time on this, which uh, it, it, I think it's kind of frustrating to me because in this article, the post is interviewing various people, and they always point out if the person's white, if the person's black, if the person's Asian. Uh, Hispanic. And I think to myself, what's the point of this? You know, wh why are you pointing out if this father's white or this mom is black or this mom is brown? Um, I mean, I, I think it can be informational to learn that uh, 
the homeschooling population is becoming more racially diverse, that more and more, it doesn't matter what race you are, more and more parents are opening their eyes. I mean, that that is interesting. But in the article, I, I don't know why you have to point this out at every interview and and create this, this um, well, I, I think from the Washington Post standpoint, they hope to create this division. But again, this this particular stat that homeschool families are becoming more racially diverse cannot bode well for the left. It can't because um, the article says in 2019, which was the last federal survey that was done on homeschooling, uh, the 2019 federal survey found that about three quarters of homeschoolers were white. Three quarters. In the recent Washington Post school survey conducted, uh, just under half are white. Under half are white. So before three quarters, 75%, now it's no longer the majority. Um, <laughs> so parents are, uh, boy, parents of, of color, you know, brown, black, I don't know, Asian, anyone that's non-white, they are looking around and they're watching what is unfolding before their very eyes. Um, uh, you know, one of the one of the individuals at the 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 woke Harvard symposium. Now, this individual is not woke. I, I don't want you to confuse that the people at the symposium were woke. I I went through and watched some of the videos, and uh, you know, one of the individuals on the panel is a mom from Detroit. And uh, she's a black mom, and she just she started a homeschool co-op in Detroit uh, because she wanted something different from for, for her daughter. Um, I don't know what her political motivations are, I, you know, and that's not yeah that that did not come up. What came up and what really came out was this mom's passion and and love for her child that she wants to see educated. And she wants to see educated well. And, uh, you know, this mom has gone on to educate other parents. Her name is Bernita Bradley. And uh, she operates uh, this homeschool group uh, in Detroit. She opened it up in 2020. She said, we started out with 12 families and it's organically grown to over 120 families in Detroit. Uh, this, you know, this can't bode well for the leftist Marxist Democrats who want to take over the, the public education system when they see that they are losing, uh, you know, they're losing product here. I mean, I don't view the kids as product. That's that's how they view it. They, they view the kids as, uh, uh, you know, this this open canvas that they can then put anything on this, this blank canvas, this blank slate. Let's let's insert whatever we want, whatever indoctrination we want. Let's do it. Um, so the survey has shown a, a larger racially diverse population. Doesn't bode well for the Democrats. The second thing that the survey pointed out, which doesn't bode well, is Homeschool families are more ideologically diverse. 
and they're basically describing this as politically diverse. Families who began homeschooling since the start of the pandemic are about evenly divided between Republicans and Democrats, whereas before the pan- pandemic, Republicans outnumbered Democrats three to one. That, and that we pointed out doesn't bode well. 46% said that it was because of a liberal influence. That's why they left the public schools. That doesn't bode well for the Democrats. And almost 70%, nearly seven in 10 parents said a desire to provide moral instruction is among their reasons for homeschooling. That doesn't bode well for the Democrats. Half of that, half of those 70% said, yeah, that moral instruction is going to be rooted in religious values. That doesn't bode well for the Democrats. Uh, you know, you know, parents have hit this point where they are, oh, they're ready to take it back. Now, this is where we start shining hope. Parents are ready to take it back. And I know some of you out there, you're feeling it. You're feeling the same and you're thinking, I wonder if I can homeschool. I wonder if I can pull this off. I'm telling you, you have what it takes to pull it off. I know. I don't know who you are. I don't know your situation. And it might be difficult in the beginning. No, I shouldn't say might. It will be difficult in the beginning. Anything worth attempting is going to be difficult, especially at the start. But you have what it takes to pull it off. This mom in Detroit... Uh, Bernita, you know, she offers encouragement to parents who want to who want to make this attempt. She offers coaching. Uh, Bernita said that much of her efforts involve coaching and encouraging families, helping instill in them a love of learning as well as confidence that they can direct their own educational journey. Well, that is a mission. This this mom, Bernita Bradley, is on a mission. And I wonder if others of you are feeling that mission. Maybe you're feeling that tug. Maybe you're feeling that pull. That pull into, you're just wondering, what if? What would it look like on the other side if I could actually pull this off? If if you need help, we are here to help you. If you need, if you have curriculum questions, we're here to help you. If you have legal questions, we're here to help you. We can get you set up with with people who who can help you along and who can who can answer some of these questions for you. If you have questions on logistics, we are here to help you and we can put you in touch with people who can help you with logistics. Uh, a few weeks ago, maybe you heard my interview with uh, Sarah Villanueva Wilson and uh you know, she has two boys. One of them she has since graduated. She's still homeschooling the second. And she she talks about all of this in that interview. She talks about the logistics of it. She, um, you know, she talks about getting curriculum and getting that worked out. And it's, you just have to find what, what fits. You have to find what's going to work. Um, you know, she talked about the opportunities for for co-op and and being a part of these groups where the where the kids get to go out and experience things, I mean, real important adult things, uh, political things. You know, she was with a group that they were at the state capitol here in Michigan and Lansing, at a camp, learning about how government works 
uh, hands-on stuff. It's not, you know, you're not sitting in a classroom, you know, reading about stuff from a textbook. You're out there in it. You're out there doing it. Well, that's one of the things that, uh, one of the other things Bernita uh, Bradley said is uh, the freedom homeschooling provides means crafting programs that don't look like public schools, which she sees as rigid and authoritarian. Rigid in that, okay, everyone sit down, the bell is rung, have a seat at this desk, and we're going to read about something. And she says a lot of times that traditional education doesn't work for kids. Some kids need to get out and experience stuff hands-on. Let's go to the Capitol. Let's experience government working in real time. And let's do it for a couple of days, not just, you know, well, we took a field trip to the Capitol. We toured the, the, the building. Yeah, that's not the same as spending a couple of days at a camp and, and, and you know, just getting your hands dirty in it and, and experiencing it in real time. And this is the advantage of homeschooling because you get to pack up and do this stuff. Uh, you get to pack up and go explore nature. And it's not just a field trip. I mean, you could go camping for a couple of days out there while you're working on botany lessons or or whatever, exploring wildlife, exploring God's creation. Oh, Dean, how dare you call it God's creation? Don't you know it evolved from an explosion? Yeah. All right. And this this opportunity is on the rise. And I know some of you are thinking about it. Keep thinking about it. Encourage yourself and go after it. All right, let's pause for this break. We will pick this conversation up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. 
I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board. Congratulations on making it to The Dean's List and being one of the smart ones. America Out Loud is where smart people go to get their news and information. All right. We are talking about this Washington Post poll, which uh, really the, the results of this poll show that homeschooling has become America's fastest growing form of education, and it continues to explode in popularity long after this uh, pandemic. When, you know, when everyone said, yeah, well, you know, a year after parents are going to homeschool, but they're going to come back. They're going to come back to the public schools. And it doesn't look like they're coming back. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Well, one of the one of the options, really, I shouldn't say options. One of the benefits of homeschooling. So we we finished that last break, and I encourage you if you're thinking about this, keep thinking about it. You have what it takes to go after it. You have the ability to do it. In the past, I've said uh, it's time and temperament. You got to have the time, and you got to have the temperament. And really, my interview with uh, Sarah Wilson. Caused me to to rethink that philosophy. Where you know she said the temperament between me and my and my oldest son, boom, were spot on, but the temperament really between me and my youngest son, it, it wasn't the same. She said he's my my youngest boy is a different makeup, and she said, but it gave me an opportunity to learn his makeup, where. Uh, you know, where her her and her oldest boy were, were more alike. One might say more compatible. I mean, these aren't her words. I'm I'm kind of, you know, filling in the blanks here. Where her youngest son maybe wasn't uh, like her a lot in a lot of ways. Maybe he learned differently. And she said, I really had to take this opportunity to learn about him and learn about his temperament. And I thought, holy cow, yes. I mean, why not? Why not let this be an education for the parent as well, but also a relationship building thing where parents and children have this opportunity to build a relationship. Instead of looking at it like, ah, we're completely different temperaments. We're just going to fight all day and we're going to, we're going to end up destroying the relationship that we, that we're, that we barely have. Instead of that being the attitude, say to yourself, okay, what can I learn about my son or daughter here? And and what can I learn about teaching them and teaching them in a way that it's going to be most effective and most beneficial for them? Ah, that, that changed things for me and that philosophy. And the thing that she said about time, she said, of course, you've got the time. Even if you work eight hours a day, when you get home, 
you you sit at the at the table and uh and you have school you have night school or or you go out on a on a trip somewhere and you you teach whatever that thing is that you're teaching she said absolutely you have the time you you don't think that you do oh, i'm working all day i'm going to come home i'm going to be so tired mm, yeah i get it i get it but tough things are worth doing <laughs> they're worth doing Oh man, there, so time and temperament isn't. It's not really a, uh, an objective, an obstacle. That that's what I'm looking for. It's not. It's not enough of an obstacle to stop you from pulling it off. Well, Dean, that's easy for you to say. Yes, it is easy for me to say. So I'm going to say it. All right. The other benefit is. You can, the other benefit of homeschooling is you can teach history properly. You can teach history accurately and you can give a truthful account. So let's pause here for a history lesson today, shall we? Just a quick one, just a quick history lesson. Today is election day in many, many places. I know it's it's an off year, it's the 23rd, but there's still elections going on. Here in my district, we are voting on the millage of the public school. And that's all that's on the ballot here in Goodrich. Um, that's it. That's all. Uh, you know, so there might be only one little thing on the ballot. But in some districts, uh, there are school boards. There are school board seats up and running. Matter of fact, I think we said there were 24,000 seats that were up today. That's a lot of seats. And I hope that you... I hope that you vote, and I hope that you are able to do a little bit of research on the school board members for whom you are voting, because this might be the most important position on an election day, is who sits on that school board, who is controlling the education of your children. So uh, let's do a little history lesson on November 7th. So November 7th, 1848, Americans went to the polls and elected Zachary Taylor to the White House on the first nationwide presidential election day. Oh, Dean, what do you what do you mean? The, the first nationwide presidential election day was 1848. We've been electing presidents since, you know, 17, whatever, 1790. Uh, and you're saying that the first nationwide election day was 17 or 1848? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Before 1848, election day varied from state to state. Federal law required only that states hold it sometime during a 34-day period prior to the first Wednesday in December when the Electoral College met. As trains and telegraph wires brought speedier communications, officials grew concerned that people in late voting states would be influenced by results in early voting states. So the, the states picked their own day to vote. That's it. They And they, they voted at, at various times. Uh, as long as it happened uh, during a 34-day period prior to uh, that first Wednesday in December when the Electoral College met. Uh, but, you know, people were concerned that if if Michigan had an early vote and then Louisiana had a later vote, 
Louisiana votes might be influenced by all the votes that came in from Michigan. I mean, we experience that now with everybody voting on the same day with the West Coast being influenced by the votes that came in on the East Coast. Imagine how they felt about it when it was actual days upon days, you know, in, in, in between. Uh, and so then as, you know, trains become uh, more speedier and the telegraph wires, you know, insert communication faster, uh, there's this concern among uh, influence being being uh, affected by these early voting states. So Congress designated the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November in years divisible by four as the day for electing the president. So National Voting Day for the very first time was November 7th, 1848. So why that particular time? According to the Federal Election Commission, November was a good month for voting in a mainly agrarian republic. The autumn harvest was over, so farmers had more time to go to the polls. In most places in early November, the weather was still mild enough to get over the rough roads. Ah, I love history. Isn't it fantastic? And we just thought it always happened this way. No, there was a method to the madness. So why on Tuesday? People often had to travel a good distance to reach the county seat where they voted. Monday did not make a good election day since it would require some people to begin traveling on Sunday, which would interfere with what? Oh, that Sunday church. It would interfere with their church activities. So lawmakers decided on a Tuesday. Dean, are you telling me that we that we vote on Tuesday because we're a Christian nation and, and people attended church on Sunday because Sunday is the Christian Sabbath? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. That is why they chose a Tuesday, because people go to church on Sunday. And they needed Monday as a traveling day to get to their county seat so they could vote on Tuesday. They didn't want it to be Monday because then they'd have to start traveling on Sunday and they would miss church. <laughs> what do you think about that? What do you think about that? You think we're getting that history in, in public schools right now across the country? No, no, I doubt it. I highly doubt that the selection of voting day being a Tuesday is historically presented properly in public schools across the country. I highly doubt it. Why the Tuesday after the first Monday? One explanation is that lawmakers wanted to make sure Election Day never fell on the 1st of November, which is All Saints Day, a holy day for Catholics. But probably the main reason was that in some years, the first Tuesday in November would fall more than 34 days before the first Wednesday in December when the Electoral College met. And that was the law. It had to be done 34 days prior to when the Electoral College met. Lawmakers, therefore, chose the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November so as not to conflict with this existing law. History is so beautiful, isn't it? You know, so there is the, the method to the madness of voting. And, you know, you know why that, that, that first Tuesday after the first Monday? I mean, why on a Tuesday and why in November? 
uh, you know, so you as a homeschool parent, you have this opportunity to teach history accurately, correctly to your children. You have an opportunity to thwart what the the Maoist Marxists want to do in, in education in this country. You have an opportunity to stand on the front line and educate your child properly, therefore doing your part to secure a future of freedom for this country. The future of freedom that, that we currently enjoy, but is currently under a, a deep assault. And as a homeschooling parent, you are doing your part to withstand and thwart that assault by educating a, 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 a citizen who will be an adult and who will be making adult decisions in this society. And you can educate them properly. You can educate them correctly. That, I'm telling you, it's a good calling. It is absolutely just a beautiful calling. Um, so back to this this article here, this poll. There are some numbers in this poll that I that I wanted to to get to before this before this show is over with. So I want to dive back into it. It says the dramatic rise in homeschooling that began during the pandemic continued. It, it's continued up through this this last school year. And again, I've said, you know, after uh, it would have been twenty twenty one after that school year. Uh, many pundits, you know, many talking heads were saying, yeah, all these homeschool families, they're going to, you know, they're going to matriculate back into the public schools. It, it's going to happen. Uh, but it hasn't. Uh, and we've seen that it, that it hasn't. And we've talked about the reasons why. Uh, where 46% said it's because of the liberal influence in public schools. Almost half have said, yeah, it's it's because of that. It's because we're tired of that liberal influence. Um, 70% said we want to provide moral instruction. And half of those 70 said, and it's going to be based on religious values. Um, you, you know, so it's, these are our reasons why, and these reasons don't bode well for the Democrats. Uh, this Washington Post poll looked at data from nearly 7,000 school districts across the country. Now, not all states have the same homeschool laws. You know, some states don't require parents to um, to notify the, the state government if they're homeschooling or not. That's how it is in Michigan. Uh, in Michigan, you homeschool if you want. You just let the school district know, hey, my child's going to homeschool. And you don't even uh, have to notify the school district. If you you know have a kindergartner and you don't want to send them, you just homeschool the child. You don't have to notify anybody. Um, you know, so some states there aren't accurate uh, numbers. Uh, I mean, you would have to contact all the, you know, for Michigan, you would have to contact all these homeschool co-op groups and you know start there. But you can't start with a government role in Michigan. So they've looked at nearly 7,000 school districts across the country just to kind of get a sampling. Uh, homeschooling's continued popularity flies in the face of predictions that most families would go back to in-person classes at school once controversial pandemic restrictions like mass mandates ended. And um, we've we, we've talked about that. 
Another concern parents had after the pandemic is learning loss in public schools, which may also be driving some families to homeschool. Uh, I don't know that learning loss is, is that they discovered that that was one of the driving factors. I don't see that anywhere reported in the in the actual poll itself. Homeschooling's surprising popularity crosses every measurable line of politics, geography, and demographics, the post's analysis stated. And this is what becomes most shocking, I think, to the left, is that uh, the surge in homeschooling has just crossed every line of measurement. Politics doesn't matter if you're left or right. Geography doesn't matter if you are in urban areas or you're in rural areas. I mean, there are parents homeschooling. Uh, demographics doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown, Asian. Uh, you know, families are homeschooling regardless of all this other stuff. And but they're homeschooling for very similar reasons, which I have uh, I've detailed. The analysis looked at data from 32 states and the District of Columbia, which represents more than 60% of school-age children. So it's a pretty good sampling. It's a pretty good sample size. The data is incomplete, however, because some states do not have reliable tallies of homeschoolers. Uh, as I mentioned that, 11 states, including... Texas, Michigan, Connecticut, and Illinois do not require families to notify the state when they decide to homeschool. So, yeah, we talked about that. Eleven states are that way. So, you know, the, the states range in, in what type of restrictions they have. Uh, a friend of mine, you know, moved from Pennsylvania where they homeschooled. And he he said they have, you know, very strict requirements in Pennsylvania. And he was shocked to learn how lax it was when he came to Michigan. Uh, nevertheless, the numbers that are available indicate that homeschooling has become a mainstay of the American education system. That's what the, the poll is reporting. It's a mainstay. There's no going back. My prediction is it's going to keep growing and growing and growing. And that's what we want. Oh, we want it. All right, we'll pick up more on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. Well, the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. 
It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are grateful that you are joining us today. We can be heard here on AmericaOutloud.news, Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. time slot. You can listen to us by downloading the iHeartRadio app or download the America Out Loud talk radio app. You, you, know, you can catch us live there as well. Uh, of course, every show goes into podcast, usually within 24 hours. The next day, we are in podcast land. So thank you for listening. And also, I'm just wondering, how are you feeling? How's everybody doing out there? You know, we keep talking about this. Flu season is right around the corner. Matter of fact, we're coming up on it. We uh, we might even be in the throes of it. I'm hearing a lot of coughing in my school, a lot of coughing going on. And matter of fact, over the weekend, I woke up. We didn't have school on Friday. It's the end of our quarter, so we we took a records day. And I woke up Friday morning just not feeling it. I just uh, I just wasn't there. And we had a, a staff event that evening, and I sent a text to our administrator and said, you know what, I think I'm going to bail out of this. Uh, um, and I just hammered myself with Cofix RX, hammered it. I just, uh, I went, um, I mean, uh, I don't want to say I went overboard with it, you know, because I'm still alive, but I used it. The nasal and the throat spray, and it, it brought me out of it. It just... Uh, I'm feeling good, and I don't know that I would have been feeling good had I had not taken the the Cofix, the nasal and the throat spray. Uh, it has t- twice this year. It has nipped the beginnings of something, nipped it right in the bud. And as I've said, last year I was out three times throughout the year. And I mean, I was out, out, out. But, you know, you start that 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 regimen of throat and nasal spray early and, you know, let it help and and getting those germs, you know, washed out of your system, washed out of your nose and throat. So uh, go to americaoutloud.shop and enter coupon code OUTLOUD25 for 25% off. 25% off. I'm telling you, it's a, uh, I was, uh, so I was talking to our athletic director the other day and her son's not feeling well. And I said, you know, she was asking me, you know, what's that drink that you make with, you know, honey and apple cider vinegar? And so I, I'm giving her the, the drink. But then I said, and you got to go get Cofix, Cofix RX. You got to go get it. So the next day she said, where do I find it? I don't even, I, 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 I'm not seeing it anywhere. It's not at the drugstores. And again, my administrator was, was standing right there. And she said, well, just go to America Out Loud. Use coupon code 25. I'm like, all right. Yeah, let's sell the product. Way to go. Uh, it's good stuff. So, yeah, you know, I encourage you, go go get it, use it, the nasal and throat spray. You are going to be happy you did. All right. So we are back to this poll that the Washington Post conducted late summer. And they are basically concluding here that 
Uh, homeschooling is on the rise. It's the fastest growing form of education, and it's not going anywhere. It is not going anywhere. Uh, the, the numbers that are available indicate that homeschooling has become a mainstay of the American educational system. This is what the Post is, is reporting. Before the pandemic, they say, there were one and a half million homeschoolers in the U.S., Okay, one and a half. That's a lot. That's, uh, you know, that's a lot. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, that's where that number comes from, one and a half million. Now, however, there are between 1.9 and 2.7 million homeschoolers in the country. This is what they're estimating. Only two states uh, saw homeschooling return to pre-pandemic levels, and that was Georgia and Maryland. Those two, those two states. So I don't know. Maybe in those states, kids went back to public school, or maybe they went to a you know a private school or a charter school. But the homeschooling levels in those two states have returned back. Uh, Florida is the largest homeschool state. They have the largest homeschool population. You know that the data is able to report. They they clock in with more than 154,000 homeschool students. However, the fastest growing state with homeschool students, this might come as a shock to you. The state with the fastest growth is the blue state of New York. Oh, boy, this is not going to bode well for the leftists, for those Marxist progressives who control the blue state of New York, the homeschool population has more than doubled since 2017 in New York. Almost 52,000 kids. Perhaps surprisingly, the trend is moving fastest, not in upstate New York where it's red, but in the deep blue New York City. Oh, the deep blue New York City. You know, when parents start to open up their eyes, these parents that live in the deep blue, that they're out there rolling in the deep blue, singing the Adele song, their eyes are opening as they roll in the deep blue. This is not going to, this is not going to, this isn't going to be good. That's my prediction. My prediction is as parents wake up and we're, we're, we're going to see more cheating. I promise you, we're going to see more cheating. I mean, we've, we've, we're already seeing it. We're already seeing more and more and more. And for those of you that cannot just look at the, the data from 2020 and not just admit there was some nefarious work going on, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I don't know how to explain it to you any more than, than what, what is already available. All right, back to the deep blue New York City. In 24 of New York City's 33 school districts, 24 out of 33, the number of homeschooled children rose by at least 200% over six years. You heard that correctly. This is coming out of this Washington Post poll. This is their analysis. 24 of the 23 school districts in New York City, homeschooled children attendance Enrollment rose by over 200%. And this would have included the three years prior to the pandemic and the three years after the pandemic. 
Brooklyn and the Bronx saw the highest growth rate. Some of those boroughs districts saw more than 300% growth. This is crazy. These are numbers that are ridiculous. I guess no wonder, you know, Biden and the and the team want to flood New York City with immigrants. They got to replace all these public school kids. They've got to indoctrinate a whole new crop of children. That's the objective here, by the way, with this. So that's one of the objectives, by the way, with the southern border being so porous, is we can take all these kids and we can put them in these public schools and we can indoctrinate them the way we want to indoctrinate them, turn them into citizens and, and create voters. Ugh, that is the game plan. I warn you all, that is the game plan. Homeschooling's popularity is also not confined to poorly performing public school districts, the analysis found. Oh, well, isn't this interesting? Last fall, more than 60,000 students were homeschooled in districts that rank in the top fifth for academic achievement in the country. Well, 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 well. What do you think about that? So this argument that the, you know, the better performing districts that are receiving money, uh, you know, they are, um, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're top of the line because of all this money they're getting. Uh, and it's, it's hurting, it's, it's, it's harming and hurting these poor districts. And we can't pull the homeschool, we can't pull the children out of these poor districts. It's going to hurt them even more. Well, yeah, you know, apparently the money doesn't matter, you know, to, to homeschool families. Apparently the the top performing uh, ability of your district doesn't matter to homeschool families. You know what matters to homeschool families? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it's it's the liberal influence. 46% are tired of the of the liberal influence. You, you know what else matters? They want to teach moral instruction. Seven out of 10 homeschool parents said, yeah, we did it because we want to include a moral instruction. 50% of those families say, yeah, this moral instruction, it's going to include religion. We're absolutely going to, you know, this is the heart of the matter. It doesn't matter if you're in a rich district or a poor district. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. Families in America are fed up. They're tired of it. They're tired of their parental rights being trampled by liberal policies. They're tired of their children not learning actual history because of liberal policies. They're tired of their children not getting an education that is founded, that has the, a, a, a rooted foundation of morality because of liberal policies. They're done with it. They're done with it. And this does not bode well for the party that promotes liberal policies, which is the Marxist progressive Democrats on the left. Despite homeschoolers often outperforming their public school peers, critics continue to push for more government oversight. Oh, yeah. The critics of homeschooling say there's not enough government oversight. How dare those 11 states not require those children to register as homeschooled children? There must be government oversight. Quote, 
this is this is quoted directly from the Washington Post. All right. Based on their analysis of the poll, this is what they think about it. Many of America's new homeschooled children have entered a world where no government official will ever check on what or how well they are being taught. Oh, oh no. How can we survive? How can these these families and these homeschooled children actually survive? Why, why, why they've entered a world where no government official will ever check on what or how well they're being taught. We're all doomed. Doomed, I tell you. We need government officials checking on what these children are being taught and how well they're being taught. Yeah, because that's happening every day in the public schools. You have government officials checking on what the schools are being taught and how well. And if they're being taught really well, well, by golly, we got to change that. We can't have that. We've got to remove these, these proficiency standards. Well, we can't require proficiency at graduation. That's got to go. And, and why aren't we teaching more pornography in these classrooms? That's that's the issue. We've got to have more pornography and less, less requirements in math, reading, and writing. This is uh, this is what we're dealing with here. There are people out there in America who feel like there needs to be more government oversight. There needs to be a government official checking on what the children are learning and how well they're learning it. Okay, th don't they understand that the Constitution was written to limit the authority of the federal government? I don't see the Department of Education listed in the Constitution at, at all. I don't. Yeah, you, you know what I do see when, when we talk about education? I see that schools and means of education should be encouraged, and, and that teaching instruction should be rooted and founded in, oh, religion, oh, can't do that, morality, can't do that, and knowledge, and that's, that's, that's fleeting swiftly can't have uh, religion morality and knowledge as part of schools nope uh can't do it but yet the washington post is lamenting that these homeschooled children are entering a world where no government official will ever check on them where no government official will ever check on the status of their education no government what this is uh, i just and the unfortunate thing is uh that that this is what is this is what is being presented in public schools that the government needs to be checking on you uh individual you know rugged individualism is something that is a horrible thing to have matter of fact it's probably racist it's a it's a it's an evil construct of the white man rugged individualism it's it's racist it, you shouldn't want to get out and do things on your own you must um first defer to the collective you must first check with your governmental overlords to make sure that it's fine i, I mean you got to you know find that government official who's checking up on you is this okay i mean can can i do this is this you know it's just a lack of testosterone is all it is
And this is why the left lacks testosterone, because they would rather check in with their government overlord to make sure they can do something. Oh, man. You know, the Declaration and the Constitution need to be front and center uh, in every single school in this country. And not just read, you know, just a, a superficial cursory reading. It needs to be studied. The, the Declaration and the Constitution need to be studied. The kids need to know why the First Amendment was written, and they need to get it. They need to know why uh, the Establishment Clause was, was put in, into place. They need to know why the Free Expression Clause was put into place, and they don't. Today, they're taught something completely different. They are learning a, a whole different um foundational teaching on the First Amendment because, you know, we've let it happen. We've let it be interpreted that way. Um, And that's got to change. We've got to bring that interpretation of the First Amendment back to its original functionality. How did I how did I get to the First Amendment? It doesn't take me long in conversations to wind it back to the First Amendment somehow. Nope, it doesn't take me long at all. All right, so that, you know, there's more here to this poll. Uh, yeah, You know, there's this, the Washington Post has this article where they're interviewing people, and some of the stories here are interesting. Uh, I wanted to get to some of the stories uh, behind it, and, you know, I didn't realize it would take me two days to go through this poll. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's the rabbit trails. It's the uh, uh, just the the places the conversations uh, take us can can be exciting. Well, the good news here is that homeschooling is on the rise, and it's on the rise for the right reasons because parents are tired tired of liberal policies and they want morality taught in education. They want their kids raised in a system of morality. So if you're considering homeschooling, keep considering it. You have what it takes. All right. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the deeds list. Let's unite to renovate the age. 